0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz.
1: And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen to the one and only Conservative Review podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house here at Blaze TV on Friday of the craziest week of our lives. And folks, you really are today's sons of liberty. We have finally awoken. The other side is responsible for waking up the sleeping giant. You see, those of you in this audience know exactly what's going on here. This has nothing to do with Trump. Okay? This is not about Trump. Certainly not about Joe Biden, who's just totally irrelevant. It's not even really fully about election fraud although that's obviously a big part of it, the election fraud is about something much deeper and emblematic of a system. A system that has been allowed to rot for decades but really accelerating this past half-generation to the point where they lie, cheat, and steal to get what they want. And as Steve said in a very eloquent Twitter thread today, It's not a matter of there's a hundred liberals like Soros getting in a room at any given moment and deciding this is what's going to happen. It's not a conspiracy. It's a process. It builds on itself. One illegal usurpation begets another, and that enables them to have a degree of power that pursuant to law and the Constitution they wouldn't have, but we ignore it and we allow it to happen, and then that enables them to get other stuff and other stuff. And then they just clinch it right there. We're going to have Congressman Andy Biggs from Arizona on to update us about what's going on in Arizona. And the broader picture of the state of play in the country in the Republican Party. But obviously, as you've seen this morning, they got Georgia, they got Pennsylvania, and they're going to get it by a wide margin. That, that's the point. It, it's a joke. They said they had 1.4 million ballots, then it's 1.9, and it keeps growing. You know, it turns out they say that Biden flipped Erie County. The notion that they could win Erie County, but Trump wins Youngstown right next door, which he didn't win last time. It turns out if you look up the list of all the bellwethers, Trump won all the bellwether counties in the country. He would be the first one to lose all of them. I mean, to lose the election, but win them. You know, Republicans didn't lose a single seat, a single incumbent. Typically, when even a good year, it's a little bit of give and take. You win 20. They'll flip two or three of yours in a real solid year, like the wave of 94 and 2010 for Republicans and perhaps 2006 for the Democrats. It was, it was a hundred to zero, but that's when it's a like, a, not just that you win, but it's a wave here. Republicans didn't lose a single seat. You know, someone did an analysis on Florida. You might think Florida was just good because of the Cubans. Nope. You take the Cubans out of it. Meaning if you give Miami day, if you give Biden the Miami-Dade margin that Hillary got, which, by the way, was worse than usual for a Republican because Trump underperformed because the Cubans were very suspicious of him. Now they flipped. He would have won about the same thing he did last time. That was the difference between a spectacular win versus the typical win. Meaning that the bleeding in the suburbs wasn't fundamentally worse than it was last time for Trump. And the black vote certainly wasn't greater than it was last time, much less greater just in those states than even Obama. And it's not even close when you look at Fulton County and Georgia and some of these things going on. Biden, who who would have known? Biden activated it more than ever. And of course we know it's the ballot harvesting because your vote doesn't matter when an organization could come And harvest a bunch of ballots and hand them in and say, shut up, ask no questions, no verification. But again, this is not about that. You guys know that we needed a revolution long ago. You guys know that Trump mechanically winning and just having a second term, deep down, you know that wasn't going to change anything. And that's not even a rip at Trump or his personality or his ideological flaws or his inconsistencies. Even if you would have Ron DeSantis as president, you are not going to fix any of this. A, you can't do anything because you have the fragging within the Republican Party. The Republican Party is part of the problem. They are the political class that's corrupt and irremediably broken. So you're going to have that problem. You're going to have all the institutions. At some point, we're trying to win something that's already lost. We need a national divorce. Now, there are steps you need to get there. It doesn't happen overnight. But let me just make it very clear. I don't want the national divorce. The national divorce happened. This is our country, our constitution. We're not trying to usurp anything. The other side lied, cheated, and s- stole. I mean, let me just give you one example. Do you know Obamacare only passed by a margin of Democrat control of the House that was solely given to them by the number of seats they gain from illegal aliens being counted in the census. Do you know that California only became California because of illegal immigration? Illegal is the operative word. I'm not saying there aren't non-illegals that are very liberal there, but what happened was it was a momentum. Everything they got is built off of not following these. We've always played by the rules. This is what some of these conservative-ish thinkers and certainly the typical Republicans are thinking. Let me build up their argument and let me say why they're wrong before we bring on Andy Biggs. So they're going to say, look, you know, this is the greatest loss ever for us. We won state legislatures. We Basically, the Democrats are going to have such a narrow house majority that it's going to consist of people like Abigail Spanberger and Lamb in Western Pennsylvania that cursed out the Democrats and and how they're basically killing them with abolish the police and things like that. Republicans have a, um, you know, are going to have a majority in the Senate. Biden's going to have no mandate. He's utterly insane. The country's going to hate him. They're going to hate Harris even more. They're going to win spectacularly in two years and crush it and live happily ever after. And there's a lot of truth to what they're saying. But here's the problem with that. There's several problems with that. So let's let's talk about just some of the minor points. They don't necessarily have the Senate. They have 52 seats. But those are built off the two seats in Georgia that are in, that are up for election at the same time this year. There's a runoff. Well, the same way, in their mind, Biden's going to win Georgia fair and square and Trump has to concede. Well, you know what? They're going to win those two Senate seats, fair and square, too. So guess what? Then, you, then Mitch McConnell won't have his fiefdom anyway. That's the, that's the joke of this. It will be 50-50. And Harris, of course, would break the tie. And connected to that point is, this is not about Trump. You will never be able to win in election, ever again. I mean, if they're extremely unpopular, Republicans will win on net, certainly in 2022, but they're going to lose so many seats they really won. Remember, this has been going on for a while, but this degree of cheating started in earnest two years ago. If you remember, Republicans lost at least a dozen House seats after the election from ballot harvesting. And a lot of them were like establishment liberal Republicans too, by the way. They weren't our people that lost, except for Yvette Harrell, now she won. But that's the thing. If they think you could just say like, look, okay, you know, here's the deal. Whatever they count, they count. We just got to try harder to win. You can't try harder. Because in a divided country like this, realistically, you're not going to win Pennsylvania. by. You're not going to do better in Pennsylvania than Trump did. Mathematically, it's impossible. If they have a 2% or so, two basis point worth of ballot harvesting that they could always count upon, you're not going to win by a wider margin than that. That's what they don't understand. This is not going away. Moreover, people are looking at this mechanically, old-fashioned. Well, we get the House, they get the Senate, they get this. They have everything they need. So, like, well, we could block him. Block him from doing what? He's going to do it all executively. Everything he wants to do. So then you'd have to say, well, the Senate will then withhold the budget from him. And you'll have a budget fight. Really? We can't have a government shutdown. I mean, that we've done for 10 years. Republicans wouldn't do that. Right? Biden's not going to say, okay, let me pass the new Green Deal. Let me abolish the police. Let me abolish ICE. Okay, do-do-do-do-do. Has to go through the Senate. Well, the Senate, the Republicans control. And by the way, that would assume they're winning the two Georgia seats. And that includes Collins and Murkowski. But let me, you know, let's leave that aside. And let's say in the House, the margin that the Democrats would have would include five or so, it would be built upon five or so seats of Democrats that couldn't afford to head into the midterms supporting things like that. I'm not worried about them. Past, I've said this all along. Biden will simply abolish ICE by abolishing ICE. They'll get their paychecks. ICE's offices will be open. They won't be able to do anything. Okay? The police will uh come and uh you know, DOJ will go after the police. I mean, you see how the deep state was under Trump. You can imagine the wheels churning under under a Democrat administration. They're gonna do everything they wanna do. And everything that Trump did executively that was merely Following federal law. And the court said it was illegal. And Biden of course is going to do the opposite. And shred federal law. And the courts and the Republicans will take it to court. Nine out of ten times. They're not going to have a problem with it. That's the joke here. Oh but Republicans have the state legislatures. Yeah what do you think they're going to do with it? You think they're going to do sanctuaries. For Americans. From the mask mandate. And the lockdowns and the confiscation of guns. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Now, it's something we should push if, if, if push comes to shove and we have no choice but to fight that way. And that's part of the national divorce of our states acting like the other states. But they're not going to do it. They're not going to act like California and New York did under a Trump presidency. Even in in a legal way. I'm not saying to usurp federal powers, but things that they could do. Do you know I've heard that the Democrats have basically been wiped out in South Dakota and Wyoming. I have to check up state by state. There's literally like two Democrats in the South Dakota Senate now, okay? I mean, Republicans in some of these places have bigger majorities than even the Democrats in the deep blue states. They don't do anything with it. And the few things they'll do... Guess what? The left will take it to court like they do with the pro-life laws and the election integrity laws and they'll win. Because the system has wasn't built overnight. The gears are already churned. They don't need to be oiled. They got it. You can win all the seats you want. They win the policies anyway. I mean, you know how I feel. Frankly, even under Trump, they've gotten better on immigration. They've gotten better on spending, on dependency, on COVID fascism. Much more than under Obama, they've achieved so many things. That's what's going on here. You want to cede the presidency to him? I'm fine with that. But then in, in the states we have, let's have this national divorce. And what I mean is, I didn't want, I want all 50 states united under the Constitution. That's not an option under the menu because the Democrats already engaged in a neo Confederacy. They've done that. What do you think it means when in New York and California and many other states, by the way, they literally criminalize the enforcement of federal immigration law? Which is one of the few things dating back to Madison and Roger Sherman, they talked about why there was a need for the Constitution to give that to the feds. Because you traverse the federal sovereignty when you trespass the nation before you traverse the state sovereignty. You can't have this where one side cheats a 100 times and then you're like, well, now it looks like they won. I don't know. No. To me, this is not even about Trump sitting in the Oval Office on January 20th. This is about finally doing the surgery we needed to do in the red states, in the Republican Party, in Fox News. The country will never be the same, no matter what. We know that. The question is, will this be harnessed for real liberty? That's what I was trying to do yesterday with my article that Levin read and Hannity asked Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham if they agreed that Republican state legislators could pick the Electors. I know that those guys are cowards. They're not going to do that for a minute. But I'm trying to sow the seeds of understanding the power resides in the legislature. Okay? Republicans control the legislatures in at least half the states, they control trifecta, all three with the governorship. And like, I have to add it up again. I'm sorry I didn't do this before the show. Maybe 20 states. They, they have a lot of power. And if they don't do the electors. And Biden wins. At least. At least. We should follow the constitution. On the other issues. With him as president. And people like you and me. Could move. But where do I move? Like. Christy Nome's done a good job. On some issues. And certainly coronavirus. But. You know, there's this whole video of this guy there in one of the counties being dragged out and arrested for not wearing a mask in South Dakota. Because I think at the end of the day, she did allow this the counties to do what they want. So tell me, which county do I move to? Where am I safe? Where could we go? Republicans are meaningless. There are states where literally, they have the governorship. They have the um like like 30 to 2 majorities in the state legislature they've all the statewide offices and we have illegal immigration in those states we have crime in those states criminals being let out sometimes they vote for it we have onerous regulations wyoming i know people have lost jobs for not wearing masks there this is a joke This is a joke. Oh, it's not so bad, the Democrats. I'm not worried about the Democrats. I'm not worried about Joe Biden. I'm worried that we don't have an opposition. That's what this is about. And part of that is, you can't even hope to ever win elections with whatever opposition you have, even if we have a new party. You can't win against the ballot harvesting and and the dirty rolls that that refuse to be cleaned and even if we get power to clean them then they take it to the courts and we can't this is what these idiots are missing so folks before i just blow a gasket here and just rip up my computer and break the window here we'll bring on our special guest as promised congressman andy biggs from arizona's 5th district um he was obviously reelected Because I guess that's a place where we could still win above the margin of uh, ballot harvesting. He's the chairman of the Freedom Caucus in the House. One of the people that we're going to need with this movement, wherever it heads. One of the patriots we're going to need on the ground to guide us, to be our troops, to actually put points on the board. Wherever that board's going to be, if it's a state fight, if it's a federal fight. If it's giving a vision for what it means to even be a conservative, what it means to be an American at this point, it's the, that road is going to go through people like Andy Biggs. And obviously, there's still ongoing counting in Arizona. We wanted an update on that. Congressman, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Daniel, good to be with you.
1: Well, these are the times that try men's souls. And, you know, let me just before you give us an update on Arizona – just a broad view of what we're seeing from the Republican Party. Um, It looks like there's about maybe 0.03% of Republicans seem to be upset about what's going on. Most of them, I get the impression, they're actually pretty happy with the result. Is that what you're seeing? Or maybe the House Republicans are a little bit different?
0: Well, um, within... Uh, Washington itself, uh, and and I I admit I'm in an echo chamber. So, like the Freedom Caucus, uh, very upset. Everyone's working and trying and organizing, trying to organize rallies, trying to get the litigation going, trying to uh, fight all of the things that we are seeing uh, to steal the election. So I think there's a significant number of Republicans in officialdom that are really really ticked off. But you know. And I'd be honest with you, I have not talked to anybody who isn't, but I'm living in an echo chamber. I work with, you know, in the Freedom Caucus, and I'm working with people who really profoundly care about the direction of this country, really profoundly care about liberty and freedom and, and who we are as a, as a people. So, uh, you, you know, I think that there are people that are happy. There was a, in my district, there was a Republicans for Biden effort and, and uh, just a shame, just a shame out there.
1: So that's what I wanted to talk to you about in general. Um, one of the points we've been making is that even when Democrats win legitimate victories, it's built off of years of fraud where, so when, when they get into power, they could do whatever they want. I mean, literally whatever they want, whether it violates state law, federal law, the constitution, doesn't matter. They do pedal to the metal and fine. But when Republicans win, So first of all, the Republican Party is, well, you know, kind of broken. So they don't really do too much with it that is conservative. But the few things they do, they get the courts to come in and say, no, there's a constitutional right to ballot harvest. There's a constitutional right to illegal aliens to have access to this, to uh, voting without verifying citizenship, verifying ID, all this stuff. And then that creates a system they're able to build off of things that are not pursuant to law. And then sometimes, well, they can just go and get it. Is that essentially, if you take a look at Arizona, people are asking me, how has Arizona fallen so far so quickly, so quickly that, you know, and especially with Trump doing better with the Hispanic vote, it's kind of bizarre, you know, that that would happen now um, of all times. And obviously, I know there's a count going there, and you guys seem to think he'll pull it out very narrowly, but still, there's something going on in Arizona How has that happened over the years?
0: Well, now you want me to unpack a a really compound question. So let me just tell you, uh, there's probably three or four things that that have happened in Arizona long term that that we should identify. Number one is the demographic change from uh, what I would call uh, uh, an economic infrastructure change. So we went from being, uh, you know cattle cotton, citrus, climate, copper, you know, to be in, you know, this bedrock state uh, that produced uh, minerals and and, and uh, some agricultural uh, products to being a, uh, a, an industrialized state um, with, you know, we, we now have a, a significant hub of, for instance, insurance, et cetera, in Arizona. And you add that to what the Republicans did over the years. We built a low-tax low-regulation, uh, uh, quasi-libertarian-leaning uh, uh, society and economy and legal structure. So those, those two things together did the, the one thing that I think has been so detrimental to us in some ways, but in other ways people, people are very happy about it, and that is we attracted California. Californians have come over in droves, and uh, so the fastest-growing communities in the country um, Some are in my district, some in Lusco's district um we we have them, and we welcome them and I tell and I'm very frank with them I t- say you're here because you like the the lifestyle, the structure, the infrastructure, everything we have. we have good transportation, et cetera. Please don't turn us into California um, but they vote like they want to be in California. so Arizona just passed uh this this is this is as bad as the the Trump thing is because I think it's going to work out is we just passed the largest increase in in taxes in state history at the ballot box. There's a narrow victory, which shows you how close this is is right now in Arizona. It is tipping in the balance. So it it narrowly passed. They they passed uh, basically the most liberal um, marijuana law in the country this time. And uh, you say everything from complacency, et cetera. So, So you add that. And then we have the same infrastructure problems, Daniel, that everybody else has. And that is... That our K-12 um, and post-secondary institutions have been co-opted completely by the left, fully by the left. So when we get back to the tax issue, or or voting for Biden, and you know, and socialism, or I don't even say socialism; it's communism. That's what they want to do. They want to take over means of production, etc. When the, when you when you look at that, it's been driven by uh, the teachers union in Arizona. And then the other thing too is we have we have been a very um populist kind of state since its inception so we have very loose and, and wide open uh voter propositions and and initiative process which is really anti-republican and and pro-democratic and i'm talking about little b and little r uh, types of government but, but, but what's so, funny is
1: the 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 referendum yeah you have a lot of ballot initiatives but the ones that are conservative all get taken down by the courts and then the ones that are liberal, like have an independent commission for redistricting to take away the constitutional authority of the state legislatures. Oh, that's OK, suddenly. But if you want to have a marriage law, oh, no, 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 the referendum is not good. You know, so you have this one directional outcome.
0: No, no, that's exactly right. You know, I've talked about this before, about the courts and and, and how, how bad they've been. That, well, we, so here's here's another whammy here for us. We are in the Ninth Circuit. So. Everything that, that – so if you, even if you have good state court ruling, somehow it will almost always get removed to the federal court because Ninth Circuit stinks. Um, they're very liberal. And, and, and one thing that has been so positive about President Trump for those of us in the Ninth Circuit is he's replaced almost just under a half of those judges um, with constitutional um, inter- originalist judges. So that's been good, but the, the district is still so big, it goes it stretches from the equator to the Arctic Circle. And people laugh when I say it, and I'm, I'm telling you, that is the exact truth. I mean, you go from the uh, North Mariana Islands right on up to uh, Alaska. So we have all of that, and we are bigger by, you know, a hundred percent at least, over any other district in the country. So you can't get what we would call an en banc or a typical review where you get a, a full panel of all the district judges. You, you don't get that, What you the appellate judges. You get uh, the luck of the draw. And that means that if you're in Arizona, which has been um, uh, tilting a purple, but, but still foundationally red, you're going to get you could possibly get all your judges from Washington, Oregon, and California, which are absolutely out of touch with your, with our state, and and the and the traditions and precedents within the state. So all those infrastructure type of issues um, have have built this up, and it gets and so we could talk about courts, of course, but but we've had a tremendous demographic shift, and not to mention we've had a tremendous demographic shift from. Um, uh, aliens coming across the yep. border illegally. So uh, Arizona is is kind of the hub of of that. So we get more drug trafficking, more human trafficking than uh, anywhere else because there's you know our mountains are rugged. We have wide open borders uh, where there are places where there's no fencing whatsoever. There's places where you have just little uh, amazing little uh, stubs of concrete that stick out that have. Uh, two and a half three feet between each one, and they 'll call that a border fence and that's that 's not president trump's issue that is the last forty or fifty years issue and yep. so all of that goes to to shape what arizona uh, has become now I, I don't think we're we're all the way gone, but we are fighting for our uh conservative lives so uh to to protect and preserve the country
1: so so going back to the here and now what a lot of people are asking is that you look at the problems in some of these states they're all controlled by democrats georgia you allegedly have a republican leadership there but you know it, it may as well not it, put it this way it's not ron DeSantis, so um you know so and and fulton fulton county these can't they just do whatever they want okay in Arizona, you know, as of now, Republicans do control the legislature and the governorship. And what everyone's asking is we're not saying there's cheating in Arizona, but there's cheating in this sense that it is very apparent that at 72% reporting, it was just stopped. They stopped counting and. In order, Because this is all about a political momentum and a moral victory and who seems to have more of the thing and who seems to be the one holding up the results and contesting it. So they wanted to make sure they could quickly get what they need for Biden with the endless pots of uh, ballot harvest that keep growing. You know, it's funny in Pennsylvania, um, they said there were 1.4. And I was like, oh, geez. And my brother crunched the numbers like, no, Daniel, they're not going to close the gap. And he was right. They didn't. And then it grew to 1.9 He's like, yeah, that that's going to do it now, you know. But then Arizona, they wouldn't, you know, they, so let him close the gap. And that was a 72 percent reporting. It's not a matter of the mailings or a lot of election days. So how does that happen in a state like Arizona?
0: Well, so, Daniel, and a lot of people don't understand how we count. This is how. So I, I went through this in my own election in 2016 in my primary where um, I was down. On day of, and then by the time it's done four days later, I win. So I, I'm really familiar with what happens and, and the tranches of, of votes that account. Arizona is a first in, first out state. What that means is what you saw and what Fox based its decision on were early, early ballots. So so all of the ballots that had first come in, so they released those at eight o'clock in Arizona because they've been counting those. That's the, the everything that they were able to get done counting, those are all early ballots. What they do then is they, they keep going through all those early ballots. That was the second report on Tuesday night. And um, you saw immediately a closing of the gap because you started moving later towards the election day. And that's where the Republicans started putting in their ballots towards election day. The first thing that they start counting on Wednesday isn't the day of ballots. This is why Fox is so messed up. The, the day of ballots, 168,000 in, in Maricopa County were not – none of those were counted. Day ofs are not counted um, uh, on the day of, and that's because they're counting the early ballots. The, on Wednesday, they they, they move on – they finish the early ballots and move to, to um, uh, late early ballots. That means those that were received Friday, Saturday, and Monday before the election. So they do those. Then they move on to the next set, which is the day of ballots. In, in other words, the walk-ins, the checked ins So you go in, you show your ID, and you get to vote. Those get counted next statewide. And then you get all of the, the ballots that were dropped off, which are over, like over 200,000 ballots. You had an early ballot. You didn't ever mail it in. You didn't return it to a spot, a voting center. You took it, you hand carried it to the actual polling location and you dropped it off. That was next. And then you move to the provisional ballots where, you know, maybe somebody didn't have an ID or or you have to check it out to see if that person is who they said they were, et cetera. There was some kind of problem. That's the way it goes. And that's why. They're going to really, They're going to go through, and I found out on Saturday morning after my election. I found out on a Saturday morning at one thirty in the morning that I had won my primary by by nine votes, Daniel. So oh. the way this works is, they will. They're going to. So they they typically go Wednesday and Thursday, and then when they gear up on Friday, when they're in there at seven thirty Arizona time to start, they will go all through the night, whatever it takes to finish those ballots because they have to finish the provision of ballots. Um, Within I can't remember it was five business days or five uh, 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 just five calendar days, so they they've got to get those done by tomorrow, and those are the last ballots that count. So you will find out probably my guess is sometime uh, uh, in the wee hours of of tonight or you know early Saturday yeah. morning. That's when we'll find out the totals for Arizona. This the thing about about this the fraud in Arizona if there is fraud and And I would say if there's you everybodys to, to to go to defend the ballot uh, dot dot uh, org and put and register your fraud claim but but the reality is if there's fraud in Arizona, it's voter fraud, it's not the election fraud per se. I mean there are ways that there's election fraud, but but in this instance, as soon as they start counting, they allow attorneys and observers from from uh, all candidates to show up and watch. And so we have great teams at every voting center in the state watching those. And so, mm-hmm. and it's not like Pennsylvania, where you're watching with binoculars from 100 feet away. This is you're sitting there in an observation. You're able to observe and watch. Now, there's a lot going on in there. So I'm not saying that it's it's as pristine as we'd like it to be, sure. but it is. It's far less likely that you're going to get fraud during that actual count than um, places where they find ballots with 130,000 of them. Uh, all voting for Joe Biden, right? That come in. So, so you guys like are confident.
1: They, you guys are confident that Trump is going to pull ahead.
0: Yeah, Daniel. Yeah. Um, so, so he's closed it already down to forty six thousand votes. Um, and we haven't even gotten to um, some of his strongest uh, areas, and there's still three hundred and fifty thousand, something like that, votes statewide to come in. So there's so much uh runway left for him to win if everything keeps coming in i mean we had we had county's report yesterday with eighty one percent donald trump uh he the the late reports that came in on Pima County, which is a university of arizona in Tucson very little yep. place uh he won that he won uh, those the secondary counts from yesterday there um which which I was saying, if we could get just a fifty percent, that'd be a miracle. So I, I think the momentum is clearly for President Trump, and it's going to make Fox uh, Fox is going to have an egg on its face uh, for not retracting that when when all is said and done, because he's going to win. I don't know how close it'll be. Sure, um, I hope that I hope it gets outside of the the mandatory recount, which is very tight in Arizona. You have to be very very uh, close. Um almost a dead heat for it to go into a recount in Arizona, but you know if that's the way it is, that's the way it is, but I'm hoping that uh, he gets beyond the recount number even
1: now obviously Arizona, you know it's only eleven electoral votes. It becomes moot if you know what what's what is appears to be sticking now in Georgia and Pennsylvania, and then we still don't even know with Michigan and Wisconsin what went on there, especially Wisconsin still very tight and it's kind of just sitting there um here's. The question I have, a lot of people are asking me what we do about this. So, you know, there's a whistleblower in Erie County, a post office worker about them having to literally change the date. So it's postmarked before. And this we, we knew this. We knew this for months that if you allow the delivery of ballots after the election, um, it's not just incidentally they're going to scramble. It's that during the offseason, for years, they have perfected this, but really crystallized last time when they flipped like a dozen Republican House seats after the election by doing this. They have ballot brokers. They have entire teams that monitor the dead voters. They ha- It's not like they scramble the last minute to find three dead voters. That's very hard to do. They have – they've been building this forever. They've been building the ballot harvesting. Right. But how in the world do we prove legally? You know, it's very hard. They, they, they postmark it and say, oh, no, it was postmarked before, it just came in afterwards, I mean, which which would be legal under Pennsylvania law. I mean, how do we prove this?
0: Well, that's the, always the hardest part, Daniel, is, is you, you have to have whistleblowers. They have to have vid, you know, video evidence, picture evidence um, to, to substantiate their claim or maybe a couple of them together. You need – you want some uh, substantiation. You're right. That's what I keep telling people. Yes, it appears that there's fraud. Um, and we can go and we can make the assertion. The question will always be, how do you prove the assertion where a court can say, yeah, we know uh, by preponderance of, it, of the evidence or clear and convincing, depending on what your standard is, that, that this took place. And then, then the next question is, what is the remedy? What's mm. the remedy? Do you, t- do you simply toss those ballots? Um, do you do like what well, we had in North Carolina, where you found a guy who, who, who apparently had committed some fraud, so they actually uh, left that seat vacant until they could do a, a special election. I mean that. So you got to deal with what, how do you prove it, and what's the remedy once you do prove it. And and these things are really really important. And um, that there's litigation, as you know, all over the country. I always hate relying on the courts, but. We have a state um, legislature did, did, did. and
1: they control all those state legislatures. And again, I'm not saying to do yes. this tomorrow, but I'm saying if the evidence becomes clear and, and at some point it's not legal, it's political. When you see it and the right. public is convinced of that, you have a debate in the legislature and you have a hearing in the respective judiciary committees. And we have about a month um, until until the electors meet in December 14th. At the end of the day, it's not the court's. I mean, people forget it's not the Supreme Court that gave the election to Bush. It's the state's Supreme Court. The Democrats took it to the judiciary. They meddled in. So, you know, we're just reigning in the judiciary at the highest level. But they only did that. And this and and Scalia wrote this and hinted to this. People forget. He said, well, guess what? You know, ultimately, the state legislature decides. Now, he didn't write the next sentence, but implicit. And that was because Republicans controlled the legislature in Florida and at the end of the day, they have the power to override elections, right? And you know, mainly this hasn't happened in our history. A couple of states early on did this um where they really didn't have popular elections. And obviously none of us want to abolish it. But if they're going to abolish the elections by voiding out individual votes with ballot harvested votes that aren't pursuant to law, then that needs to be on the table and it needs to be understood. but but this is where I want to just get to the final frontier with you, At a state level, but it also is where you are in Congress. My feeling is that the majority of Republicans, they never liked Trump to begin with. So this is a great win-win, where they basically won most of the power, but not the presidency, but they didn't like him anyway. So they're not going to do anything about this. And they're basically going to say, look, you know, Biden's going to have a weak mandate. We're already going to be starting from a pretty nice watermark. Then we're going to crush them because the American people are going to hate their guts, you know, from what they do. And 2022 is going to be great. But the point I made to my audience is to what end? Right. So everyone's right. like, well, okay. you know, McConnell will have um, a majority in the Senate. Now, let's put aside the fact that. They actually won't because if they could ballot harvest in Georgia, then they'll actually flip those other two seats, and they won't. Plus, you have Murkowski and Collins anyway. But let's just put that aside. And the House, they'll just have a five-seven seat majority, and they'll have to deal with people like Abigail Spanberger and 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 Lamb in Pennsylvania, these type of guys. They're not going to go along with abolish ICE and the Green New Deal. But here's, you know, this is going to play out. They're not going to pass about that. That's not how it works anymore. It doesn't work mechanically. Uh, he's going to do it executively what's ostensibly the new Green Deal. He's not going to abolish ICE in terms of they're not going to get their paycheck or the offices won't be open. But whatever the courts haven't abolished from them, he'll abolish their purview. They won't be able to do anything. So then it turns on, well, are you going to have a budget fight? Uh, And we know even under Trump, they weren't willing to have a budget fight because you can't have a government shutdown. The courts nine out of ten times are not going to go after what Biden did like they did with Trump. And the states aren't going to engage in neo- confederacy like what the Democrats did in their states with criminalizing uh enforcement of federal law and all the things they didn't like. Where does that leave us?
0: Well, that's a pretty dire picture, and it's not <laughs> inaccurate. It's not inaccurate, Dan it's pretty dire uh, and that is why people like me um, and my constituents, I'll tell you, I've got a well informed constituency, and they are they're really agitated. Um, So one of the things that we're looking at, because you're exactly right, I mean, uh, in the the Corby Bush case, um, what ultimately happened is the state, the state Supreme Court basically uh, adjudicated that state legislatures uh, may be able to actually Provide alternative slates of electors, right? Is that not right? I think that's right.
1: That's one hundred percent right. They, they they are the ones who ultimately are vested with the authority to pick them.
0: That's exactly right. So so they get they they can do that, and, and you have enough states that would that if they did, um, uh, you you'd, you'd have a substantial likelihood of of actually even you know bringing this home for President Trump or not it's it's that's even up in the air to some extent, but the problem is daniel it's not just uh, some some of our friends in congress that are feckless it is many of the state republican state governors and many of the republican state legislatures th- that are feckless and 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 in arizona you have to understand when when fox said that trump won i mean biden won the other night every Every we we have, at that point the votes indicated that we were going to lose both houses of the legislature, every statewide office that was up the you know the regulatory commission those types of. Things, I was going to ask you about we that. We were going to lose all this. Well, yeah. what's the state of play it, with the it, legislature there? It's all come back. I mean, that's the point. Is is as this is as we counted the votes in, in the order that I was talking to you about earlier, it, it all came back. So so Arizona is going to keep the legislature and it's going to be weak because it's going to be um, the, just a 31-29 margin in the House and a 16-14 and a a margin in the Senate. But but it is still Republican. You're still going to have a Republican speaker. You're still going to have a Republican Senate president. We we we, we got those state offices back. So the Corporation Commission, the regulatory body, that's back Republican. And that's, that's the way this all broke down. And so – but it – but it's weak. It's weak. So you have a lot of weak Republican state legislatures. You have the the, the media headwinds. I mean, the media is is uh, has become so notoriously not just unreliable, but biased and um, a political tool and an animal. I mean, um, the founders, uh, you know, as they we were developing it, political parties, they they those parties had newspapers around the country. We don't have that anymore. We have a social media uh, that is total, totally bent on uh, censoring anything that's uh, Republican, Trump favored, conservative, freedom loving, and um, and 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 wants to censor that and control it. And Congress, uh, every day, we delayed taking what I, what some people thought were extreme action. So you have people like me and a lot in the Freedom Caucus. We're pushing to do what uh, other Republicans thought were really extreme actions. Uh, but we needed to do those re- extreme actions and in, in order to stop what's happened this election cycle. Um, and we didn't do it to stop this, was th- this election cycle. We did it to lay the foundation for long-term freedom. And, and the, and the result Daniel is that we found within um, when we had control of the body that, Speaker Ryan would not let us do all kinds of uh, pieces of legislation that would uh, was consistent with what the voters had given President Trump a mandate to do. And and we didn't do that. And so we, we justifiably lost in 2018. We lost the House, and we didn't get it back this time because there's still enough people who say, well, we don't know. if we, would, you know, what's better, what's not better. You know, are the Well, Democrats well Andy, I, I want to just worse, interject you know?
1: for a minute there. Part of why I think they didn't flip it is because they're stupid. Is because they believed the same <laughs> stupid polls. They actually believed they were oh, losing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they didn't realize if they would have put more irons in the fire. We're saying this the whole time. They didn't contest rigorously enough districts and put enough money into it. They literally could have flipped the house. That's the joke. I mean, literally, um, be, you know, because they're like, wow, this is a pretty good you know, result for a loss. Well, buddy, you didn't lose it. That's why it's such a good result. Because typically, even in a winning year, it's not 100-0. Like, you lose one or two incumbents. It's only like in 94, 2010. Maybe the Dems had an 06 wave elections. They didn't lose a single house seat. Guess why? The same reason why Trump won every Bellwether County. He won Youngstown because it's nearly impossible that – The result, you know, you know what we just discovered in Florida, Trump would have had roughly his same 2006 win, even if Biden would have carried Miami-Dade with Hillary's margin. So meaning meaning fundamentally, it's the same map. The, The black vote wasn't greater and it certainly wasn't more tilted towards Biden than it was Obama, much less four years ago with Hillary. And the suburbs are a problem, but they didn't fundamentally bleed more than they did with him last time already. And so that's the Florida map. You know, Hillsborough went a little bit south, and Duval is the same thing. But he would have won even without that. But some, and and, and Ohio, Iowa, same thing. He won even more. Eight and a half, nine points. But somehow, when it comes to exactly only those cities, but only in the states where they needed it, it defied political science, and it blew out Obama's micro-targeting, Turn out of the black vote, you know, um, and that's what we're, we're to believe here. And that's why they, they could have flipped the House. But again, like my question to you is you have an amazing experience in this. You were, weren't you Speaker of the House, right?
0: Pre- Senate, President. Senate President. Senate President. Okay, I
1: mixed up your body. Senate President. So you were in leadership. You 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 were a legislature. Now you're in the House and you're you're leading a group of a Freedom Caucus. But the problem we have is, and I say this all, all the time, we're not a bunch of political hungry power crazies like the left. We could withstand losing a federal election. Okay, they get it. Fine. We could recede to the states that we want to live in. Just like when Trump was president, they did just fine in their states. In fact, they became even more radical and got even more done than ever in their states. But when you look at our states, I, I just got off the phone with some guys that um, are involved in state legislatures and they told me that in Wyoming and South Dakota Democrats have basically basically been wiped off the map like I think there's two Democrats left in South Dakota they literally have the entire control now you talk about Arizona being narrow let me tell you narrow the minute Democrats got the trifecta in Virginia by one vote it became like California they got everything they wanted but with us even with like like you're talking about sometimes like 30 to three majorities in some of these places in Idaho. They don't do squat. We can't even affirm that a man's a woman. And and in South Dakota, pass, you know, uh, blocking mandatory sex change operations on minors. Like, you know what I mean? This is the problem. We don't have a freedom party like we don't have that. And do you see maybe this business with Trump and our base finally reaching a breaking point where we're going to demand better and like either change or we're not going to have a Fox News party anymore?
0: Well, I I, I hope so. And let, let, let me let me just give you example an example of it, and, and it'll drive you crazy because it drives me crazy. You know, consistently I get questions about why is no one going to jail. I get that a lot, and I, and what are we going to do about the budget deficit and. Uh, you know, just some generic policy questions, but you know what I get most of the time from a, a huge number of Republicans is, hey, Andy, can you work with the Democrats across the aisle? And, it, and that drives me crazy because uh, my my response to them is, uh, has sometimes been, do you even ever ask a Democrat that? I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. do you yeah. ask a Democrat, can you work with the Republicans? Can you work with Andy Biggs across the aisle? Because I, I'm pretty sure you haven't ever asked that, because you don't care if the Democrats work across. You, you don't care if the Democrats are willing to capitulate on issues. You want Republicans to capitulate on issues. and And, and then you want to call that some kind of negotiation, some kind of cooperation. <laughs> and the reality is... The Democrats are the ones that are trying to undermine – and this I get this from a lot of business groups. The Democrats are are the ones who want to undermine what you do, how you do it. They want to control what you're doing, and you want me to work with them instead of trying to roll back
1: mm. and
0: attack what they're doing to submarine our free market system, our freedom. And I, I find it interesting, Daniel, that that is a, 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 a yes. really – Really uh, uh, recurring question. The
1: one sided thing when you and I by nature have already compromised. So the example we say is, look, yeah, we don't we don't like what California and all these states and Colorado are doing, but we understand if the people are ultimately become like that. We understand, okay, so so you could be that way. Now, there are certain things that are federal, like immigration law, and they're nullifying it. But I can even overlook that, and that is a gross constitutional violation. Madison and Roger Sherman already talked about the need for that to be at a federal level. You violate the federal sovereignty before the state sovereignty when you come here illegally. But okay, fine. But then the problem is Biden, let's let's say Biden's president or whoever else or Harris is president, whatever else they they come up with, fine. Okay. So I live in Maryland. It's a cesspool. But part part of the reason why I don't move is I have my roots here. I have my family here. And there's no state I could point to that's like, it's worth it for me to move. Because where do I get away from the mask mandate? Where do I have a sanctuary from lockdown? Where do I have a sanctuary with you know being able to defend myself from BLM and Antifa? You don't really. You have areas that's maybe not quite as bad. But you don't have, like, with right. the left, where it's you're here illegally, you're done, you're you, we, you are covered, and, and there you don't have a right to be here. But if you're an American citizen, I don't want my church shut down, I don't want my business shut down, like, he's going to have a mask mandate, right? He said, well, what are we going to do about it? Well, we have Republican legislatures that are almost unanimous in some places, and certainly, you know, majorities. Well, I don't know, Andy, do, do you think they're going to push back the way the Democrats pushed back against Trump?
0: No. No. And that's, and that's, that's the point. I mean, you know, the other thing I get everywhere I go is to the sort of Republican crowd, you know, what I call the grassroots Republican crowd, they'll say, thank you for, for fighting with the president. Thanks for standing up for freedom. That's what they want. But you know, in nationally, you've been, fighting I've been fighting mandates and lockdowns uh, and, and, um, you know, legislatures uh, around the country—they just capitulated. They, in fact, they—they they were co-conspirators. They—they they let their governors take massive, broad swaths of executive power and call it emergency declarations or emergency powers um, for public health to go forward. I mean, that's just absolutely. Um, a a, a, a dereliction of duty. You're
1: certainly very familiar with it where you are. I just saw the Alabama governor um, extended the mask mandate, the Mississippi governor, and they'll literally get up there and they will sound indistinguishable from Gavin Newsom. They are literally touting stuff that's been repudiated, like a mask. What are you talking about? France, Italy, Um, Argentina, the Philippines, I mean, everywhere, they're all going crazy. They were all wearing it for seven months. And in America, too, they've all been wearing it. In my state, not a single human being I've I've seen in a store for six months hasn't had it on, and it's spreading, right? I mean, it's like there's nowhere. That's my problem. We don't seek to dominate them. We don't seek to control their lives. We're understanding that California could be California. But is there one place where we could just be free? Right. Uh, y- yeah. And that is the
0: huge about who we are versus who they are. I mean, and and so and and so when we see that and we get frustrated, why why are we not better at uh, emasculating their entire system, their their infrastructure of what they're trying to do? It's because our DNA our uh, what we believe is, you know, a lot of self-determination. You want, and I used, and I, and I still believe this. It's, it's just hard to, to see it because it gets exported. But if, if California wants to be a socialist state, the, the great laboratory of democracy says, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. You guys be a, a socialist state. You go ahead and kill your economy, and um, as long as you don't violate. Uh, well, you can't be socialist without violating civil rights. But as long as the federal government um, can't find justification of coming in and interfering and stopping your move to the left, then we'll let you do it. And, you know, I'm a big believer in that. But but because that's that's what the voters seem to want. But they never let it go. So we're getting back to Arizona. How did Arizona become the way it is? We get things like Bloomberg dropping $100 million into Arizona, trying to take not, they, they, get, they kind of gave up at the higher offices, but they went into counties, trying to take over county attorney spots. They do the their initiatives. You got Steyer putting in $20 million. You got, um, just uh, Soros putting in uh, 10, $10 or $20 million. That's what you get um, from the Democrats. And so I hate, to, I hate to bring this up, but they spend their money trying to gain control over our lives. And we're, we, we're antithetical to that. Our, our, we have a lot of very wealthy people give a lot of money but you take a look, Daniel. As we go through this, Trump was outraised and outspent. Uh, virtually every Republican uh, that that we went through this time, will find uh, we we got outspent two to one, three to one. I know of races where we narrowly lost after being outspent eight to one. I know races we won after we were outspent five to one. That that that's part of this. As well, never underestimate um, the fact that a state the size of Arizona saw probably a hundred million dollars come into it just in the Senate race alone, so they try to so what they can 't bully you and 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 beat you with in that way they 're going to try to take you out financially they 're going to go after you financially and try to overwhelm overwhelm you and and we can't match it but well, what we have to ma- where we where we can match him is having better policy and convincing people but we you know we give biggest back to the indoctrination system but ha- but again how do you convince people when
1: when they get to ballot harvest they get to censor i literally can't yeah. retweet people it's like it says twitter has di- you know disabled this mechanism i mean it and and this is before you could imagine if biden gets in there then i mean you know, like, that's what's so cute about these Republicans. They think, oh, we'll be able to do all this and that. No, you won't. First of all, half of them don't want to. But even if you did, you're not going to have the power because guess what? All the Antifa and the criminals running in the street, rioting, that's not going to be what they're focusing on. Heck, even under Trump DHS, I get the intel briefings from Border Patrol. I see them. DHS, they're they're focusing literally on you and me. That's what they're worried about. Um the right-wing extremism—that uh, that's what's going on—and especially now that we finally have patriots in the streets that are finally—you know, you never have conservatives protesting that just like never happens—and they're not burning and beating and whatever. But now they're certainly going to get on our case. Um, where do you see this headed? As as kind of the final, uh, your final look at where this is headed?
0: Well, I think that we're we're on the brink. I, I don't think re- Republicans are ready to retreat. Freedom-loving people are ready to retreat anymore i think that uh, we are on the brink of uh, of of you know we're already in a civil war this this in some ways reminds me of of the bolshevik revolution i mean the violence that we've seen there the indoctrination the uh, all of that that went on um, it also reminds me quite frankly that that we were in the, before we declared independence from England, we, we already engaged in a shooting war, right? We already, we were already there. And I think in some respects, we're already at a civil war in the sense yes. that we are, we are fighting for, for, there's one group that's fighting for the, the values and, and the freedom that we believe that we, uh, inherit from God. And then you have uh, another group that that all these all this infrastructures and regimes and these institutions are designed to protect, and that is uh, the radicalization, the movement to Venezuela, Cuba, the former Soviet Union, China, the the in other words, a command economy, uh, a control over your lives, like you can't believe this uh, this acquiescence that we've seen under COVID, a further deterioration of, yes. of rights. Uh, whether it's privacy rights, whether it's rights to associate, to worship, to speak. Um, The only thing that, quite frankly, um, that saves us is that the one area where Republicans have largely, not completely, but largely uh, been united on uh, is the Second Amendment protections that we've, we've engaged in. As long as we have that, it's going to be very difficult to to totally subdue the American populace. And I still believe we're a, a center right nation. But you're right; we we so many people are willing to be um, acquiescent, cooperative. They don't. Want, it's not. It's not in the nature of Republicans and conservatives to want to argue about anything. Yes, it's. Uh, we don't want to impose our will. We're, we're perfectly content if you have some kind of crazy notion or idea. We're generally content to let you have that. Exactly. We like have we're we're not
1: trying to even stop an adult. If an adult wants to go and castrate himself, I mean, look, we're not, we're not taking the knife away from him. But what you can't do right. is mandate that we must do it. We must do it. We must fund it. We must participate in it. That's the thing. We're not trying right. to stop even stop their values. I mean, we've long sailed away from that as a country that's a straw man. They could do what they want. This is what we need. But I think, I think you're onto something, Andy. The bright spot is that you would think Biden would have won 90 to 10. I mean, there was nowhere on a Google algorithm right. to find anything positive. You can't even find the truth on a mask. They 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 censor anything if you question a mask. They have an algorithm on that. All of my ar- articles have been taken down. Obviously, um, you know the Danish mask study will. Uh, uh, that's never going to be discovered when they discover all these ballots. That's going to remain hiding somewhere because uh, that can't come out. And but people seem to get it. I mean, a lot of people clearly aren't buying it. Um, and I think they get what's going right. on. And I think the challenge for you going forward is to be, is going to be how to harness that, how to harness that energy, because I think we do finally have people waking up and they're like, we're not going to take this anymore.
0: Well, I mean, if you look, I mean, if we take this election as kind of a um, a, a referendum of where we are in America... I I, I know it looks bleak, but I would also tell you that based on everything that I saw on the ground, in real life, in person, and I went around the country campaigning for people, I was all over my own state, the intensity of support for Donald Trump was uh, unbelievably hot and broad there was no intensity for Joe Biden. So the positive I take away from here, regardless how this comes out. And, and I, you know, I think he wins Arizona. I think there's still chances in some of these others. Uh, if we, if this is a legal election, I both know that he would win. Uh, when I say legal, I mean, if you're counting only legal ballots, et cetera, but, but what the positive takeaway here is, is this is a guy, president Trump who got zero help from the media, none, no help from the media and he got uh in fact his uh, own party was fragging they were yeah yeah he, he, that's right and they've been doing that since the beginning so he has faced headwinds like you can't believe um uh failing the the situations environmentally um the lockdowns by governors, uh, the blame on pres- the president for the economic fallout from the lockdowns that the governors and mayors did. All of the, there was nothing going for him in, in uh, that he was, other than the fact that he was the incumbent. But the fact that he, the cheating, all of the, uh, all the discord, all the hyperventilating from the left, the fact that that all has gone on. And he is actually still in it, still having a chance to win this thing. It tells me that the heart of Americans is still center-right. And if we're still center-right in a a majoritarian type of way, I think that there's hope for a turnaround. So that's that's the positive note, Daniel, that – that I would respond to your very accurate and very dark. <laughs> well, that's why I had you on. I mean, I'm the prince of
1: darkness here. Um, but, but I do think, I think it's so bad, people can no longer retreat. I mean, there's no, what we. that's right. all we've been doing since Reagan. Since 1988, I mean, we've had the most liberal Republicans lead this party. I mean, really, like even more than Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell would have been good compared to what we've de- generally had. And, you know, people have just had enough of it. They've had enough of the left winning everything they can and Republicans get in charge and they don't do anything with it. And that's going to be the real thing going forward. Um, man, you gave me tons of time, but I promise is the last thing, just two minutes. Um, could you could just give us a quick rundown? Had the Freedom Caucus do? I know Yvette Harrell, a friend of mine, won in New Mexico. Any Anyone else?
0: Yeah, so I never we never tell how many people we have in the freedom caucus and never reveal identities because that that makes the the, the leadership target, yeah. have to guess, guess yeah it gives us additional leverage. But let me just tell you that we had uh an increase of uh between 8 and 11 uh, freedom caucus members. And Wait a we minute. Actually have
1: As a percentage of the newly elected Republicans, isn't that higher than it usually yep. is?
0: Oh my goodness, yes. Wow. Oh my goodness, yes. And um and that we actually have some Freedom Caucus folks that are that are still close enough that you might, you know, there's gonna I think some recounts in a few places that uh that uh, with a great deal of luck and and um, prov- providential interference, and when I say providential, I mean God interference. Okay, I'm not talking about. It. I'm just talking about God' inter- blessing. Blessing is uh, we might pick up another two or three. So that's um,
1: that, that, well that that's something we need a cadre of people to fight for us. Um, that won't be focused on uh the the conservative case for letting criminals out of jail or something like that, or or the conservative case for for amnesty. Um, there's there's a lot of interesting innovative conservative ideas out there and we need we we don't need new innovative ideas. We need the same traditional ideas, but new innovative strategies and in actually implementing them and communicating
0: them. And right. we're looking you know, forward. Yeah. Did, you know, just on one uh, just on one last note here, uh, along that way is um I actually heard somebody tell me the other day, hey, you know what? What we need to do is, we just need to make we need to have a really good uh, healthcare policy. I'm, I'm going to tell you uh, right now, and this is my own feeling. Sure, we want good policies and we want to craft the narratives as much as we can. But until we're willing to fight the knockdown, dragout fights on on these issues, it just won't matter what how you construct your narrative or how you do your plan. Yeah. Because, because the other side is willing to lie, cheat, and steal, and um, and we have got to our apparatus. You explain to me why the DOJ is, is is moot on this issue. And I'm not being critical of Bill Barr necessarily. I'm just I don't understand what's happening here. I don't understand why we're not seeing more uh, more stuff going on that would be beneficial to uh, to the Republic. Um, getting in there and saying, look, uh, we're investigating some of these allegations. I get it. They want, you know, politically, they view that as being problematic, perhaps. But that isn't the issue anymore. The issue is, do you allow your elections to be manipulated and stolen? Um, Because you don't want to get a bad political black eye. I mean, that's anyway, we could go on on that. But it's good talking to you today, Daniel. Thanks
1: righty, take care. There you have it, folks. That was Congressman Andy Biggs from Arizona. And with that, my friends, it brings to a close a very tough week, but like I said, a very invigorating week. Because I think no matter what happens, this will wake people up. Finally wake people up about the cancer of the Republican Party of Fox News And really just what we've been doing since 1988, since Reagan left, is not working for us. And it hasn't been working. And the Reagan revolution, had we continued that, we could have changed things. But because we've seeded the ground for three decades, every institution has become so irremediably corrupt, there is no way we can fix this conventionally. We need a national divorce of some sorts. Now, next week, I'm going to start talking more about at least the first steps is at least pulverizing these Republicans in red states into submission where this trifecta controls to be our sanctuaries. Again, I'm not saying to give up on rooting out the election fraud. We'll talk about that. But I'm saying no matter what, that needs to happen. See, part of the thing is the, the blue states have become unhospitable to normal people. But the red states not only aren't they unhospitable to blue people. They're kind of blue. Same garbage going on there. Like I told Andy, the Alabama governor. Just continue the mask mandate. Either way, this is our time. This is our moment. We have never been this energized. We've never had this many people. That have agreed with us. By the way... Just so you know, let me give you another data point that demonstrates what a groundswell we have and also demonstrates at the same time why Trump actually, indeed, did win this election. If you look at the exit polling data, and this is Sahil Kapoor, of all people, he's an NBC political reporter, he put this out and is pretty unbelievable if you think about it. Pretty unbelievable. If if I say so myself, you look at Wisconsin and Minnesota. Okay? And it appears that tr- that that the share that non-college graduate whites composed of those two states grew by about nine points over the 2016 demographic. Okay? That's a very, very big deal. That demonstrates, A, we have a groundswell. It also demonstrates, well, I guess it's pretty clear that Trump won those two states. Because even if you allow for Trump seating ground in Oakland County, suburbs of Detroit, and the WOW, the Wow counties, the three suburban counties, you know, did worse around Milwaukee, it still could not account for losing when he improved, when, when, when he had that degree of turnout with non-college educated whites. Unless, of course, you're going to tell me The only way to do it is say that there was greater black turnout, both the turnout and then the performance for Biden was better with the black urban areas than even Obama in 2008. And of course, only in those cities. Folks, you know the truth. The question is how how well we could even prove something that's backdated with all these ballots where they change the the date and what are you what are you gonna do with it? We're gonna talk more about the remedy of state legislatures, both for the elector electoral process, but for other issues as well. This is a time for ideas. Send me your ideas to dharowitz at blazemedia.com. Let's share some ideas on Facebook at Horowitz Citizen Sanctuary Minimum Speak until they censor us. Let's rest up over the weekend. Come back battle ready on Monday. Folks, we will have a revolution. The question is, what sort of revolution it will be. May God keep us safe. May God give us guidance. May God continue to enable our freedoms.